It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We have on Cats at Night, we're going we're actually right to her right now, is Melissa DeRosa. And who, I want to know if Melissa has a gas stove or <laughs> Yeah, this is the we're hot com- topic. We're coming to take it out. That's Melissa, it's, it's you They're and me and all the guys. It away. <laughs> coming to take it away. <laughs> all right, the gas stove police have arrived. <laughs> I'm a gas stove girl myself. But, yeah, you know, me that's too. That's just me. So there's a lot going on in Albany, and from your perch as a Democratic consultant and someone who has served uh, governor, quite recently Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, let's get into this whole hokal veto of the Grieving Families Act last night. Was that a slap in the face to the legislature after they dinged LaSalle for top judge? No, I mean, I I think it's the opposite. I think that Hochul sort of had her back up against a wall because there were some real fatal flaws in that legislation. Mm. And I think that she was in good faith trying to figure out how to negotiate it. But, you know, I woke up yesterday morning and I saw that she had written an op-ed in the Daily News sort of making her case for these chapter amendments, which for listeners is, you know, you can make modifications to a bill after it's been passed. It's It's a gentleman's agreement between the governor and the legislature that you'll make changes, you'll sign the bill, and then you'll pass a subsequent bill to to make those changes. And so she went out and sort of made this case. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, what is she thinking? The time to have done this was a month ago. If you're going to try to engage the public and sort of stake out your position and say, I believe in the bill and the good faith of the bill, but at the same time, you know, it needs changes and this is why I'm doing this, then she needed to have that conversation publicly a month ago. And she did it the day of, and it actually sort of reminded me of what happened with LaSalle. And again, the legislature doesn't look bad here because the advocates, the grieving families are on their side. And so now they're all just angry with Hopeful. And, and so and you calling know, something grieving, sort of the same. calling something grieving families act. I mean, how it's hard to be against that. However, there I agree. I think there are some things in this bill that aren't good. The fact that insurance costs are going to go up. It's going to be chaotic for the hospitals to manage this. There's a lot of it's very problematic. The, the larger Melissa, it's, it's Richard Warner. Let me ask you this question. Is there, in fact, a Cold War going on between the legislature and the governor now? That's what it looks like. I mean, look, I think it's a pretty hot war. I think that, you know, yesterday you saw the legislature sort of stuck their thumb in her eye on the Grieving Families Act. They put out a statement saying, you know, her op-ed in the Daily News was not in good faith. She hasn't actually been trying to negotiate with us. We stand with the families against her. She's trying to water it down for the wealthy insurance companies. So they swung right back at her, which is something that in my, you know, when Andrew Cuomo was there for 11 years, I never saw one time. I never saw something like that. And then on top of it, you saw that Mike Gianaris and Brad Hoyleman, two of the senators who, you know, chiefly killed LaSalle in the confirmation process, introduced legislation yesterday basically saying that there had been dark money involved in trying to promote LaSalle and to try to persuade the Senate to get him seated. And they and they won't disclose the money. And they're saying we're going to pass a law that says you have to disclose the money. So it was their way of doing sort of like a one-two punch. Like, we're not even done with you on LaSalle yet. We've beaten you, but we're not, we're not done kicking you in the head. So, you know, and then you've got Andrea Stewart Cousins out there saying, I haven't spoken to the governor in, in two weeks mm. going into the budget. And yeah. so... Look, I mean, here's the thing about power. It's zero sum. If I have it, you don't. And what Hmm. happened here going into, I think, you know, the budget, which is coming out tomorrow, is that the legislature with the pay raise, with LaSalle, with the Grieving Families Act, they're saying, look, Kathy Hochul, you may have won, but we're in charge and we have the power now. We're not giving it back. Are you that's sort of the bigger story? Do you think the legislature might um, override 
they her? can't on the Grieving Families Act because it was done in this period of time where you have um, where you have a pocket veto, which means the legislature doesn't have an opportunity ah. to do it. It's, it's if you pocket veto it in January, the preceding legislature that passed it is no longer seated, so they can't overrule you. So she did it in this window of time where they can't do anything with her. But I wouldn't put it past this legislature, given this current dynamic, to very quickly pass another version of that bill, let her veto it, and then they could come back and override her veto. Mm. So it is setting up this sort of, you know, who's who's in charge, who's not in charge, and the legislature is asserting themselves in a way that I haven't seen in my lifetime. Very interesting. And this leads us to the whole bail reform conversation as well. Uh, where there was that long hearing, I think it was the day before yesterday, uh, giving all the statistics. And, I, you know, with statistics, you can slice and dice them and have them say anything you want. It's kind of like scripture. Uh, what did you make of that? And do you think that uh, Hochul has the ammunition to make changes that some people think are really needed? So I actually think that what I'm hearing from my sources in Albany is that I think that the legislative leaders are willing to do Something And, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton sort of convened all the black leaders a couple Mm. of weeks ago with Eric Adams on this topic, said, we've all got to come to the meeting of the minds. The kids who are dying are our kids and our communities. And where crime is rampant is in the black and brown communities. And we've got to confront this and stop sticking our head in the sand. And so I think Sharpton is taking a a lead role in trying to corral Senate Majority Leader and the Assembly Speaker, you know, at the behest of Mayor Adams, who rightly, I think, has sort of put this issue front and center and trying to clean up the crime issue. And so I do think that Sharpton is going to drag the leaders along to do something. And the question is, what is the something? And I think anything short of dangerousness will continue to leave everyone sort of vulnerable to the attacks that bail reform is at the root of the crime issue, because that's sort of a narrative that has taken hold. And I don't see them getting that holy grail. So the question is, what do they get short of that? And does it satisfy the police unions and the judges and the editorial boards? And, you know, that's two two things. Melissa, two things. I absolutely positively have to get. They have to change the discovery laws and the open file discovery and the timeframes. And the raise the age law has to be changed and hold these kids responsible. Exactly. Judge. Thanks, Judge. uh, Melissa, it's Tony Carbonetti. So Sharpton just found out now after 30 years that the black and brown communities are the most affected by crime. I mean, seriously? He he, he, he hasn't figured out that the bail reform and discovery laws, like the judge just said, are doing more damage to those communities. Where is he? Where's all the legislature? Well, look, to to Sharpton's credit and to Mayor Adams's credit, the only way this is going to happen is if they move the leaders, right? The the legislative leaders, Andre and Carl, you see, have been intractable since 2019 on doing any major changes to this. You know, we went back at it in 2020. They went back and nibbled at the edges last year. So if it takes Al Sharpton and Mayor Adams to sort of lead the charge on this, then all more the power to them. So, you know, I think that we should keep focus on it getting done now. But, yeah, no, it's, I think it's only going to happen if Sharpton flexes his muscles and brings the conferences along. No, I know I'm supporting always... Mayor Adams, and Al Sharpton is supporting Mayor Adams right now. And maybe Sharpton I, is right. the one to do maybe it now. Will, maybe they will get something done. Hopefully they need to. I mean, Melissa, you were there when this was created, and I know there's always good intention. And so you can actually speak to what was the intended part of these laws and now what, what's actually happened in reality. You know well, and that's the problem, right? It's like the pendulum. It's like for so long, 
the, the scale of justice was tipped in the opposite direction. And so you make a good faith effort to try to level the playing field. But sometimes when you do that, you go too far. And what being a leader really is, is recognizing when something that you've exactly. done has gone too far and then fixing it and addressing it head on and not sticking your head in the sand and pretending it's not a problem. So, you know, however it gets done, as long as it gets done, I do not believe they will get everything that we want. I'm not sure it's going to end up satisfying everyone at the end of the day. So that'll be, you know, the then you know you have a good question. bill. If, 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 yeah. When everyone's well, got a little and, complaint, it works. When everyone's a little and, bit unhappy. And the thing is, you know, to Laura's point at the top of this, the hearing yesterday with the legislature, they're not there yet. So it's going to take the leaders to pull it over the top. Melissa DeRosa, thank you so much for your insight and intelligence. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.